Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. Thank you for joining me today. It is good to be back after our summer camp run, nine straight weeks of camps. And uh, I appreciate you guys hanging with me throughout the summer with some of the podcasts, recording them while I'm in the car, recording them on my phone. I know the audio was sketchy at best, but we're back. And I'm back in my office. I got my hooked up mic. I got my pop filter. And we have a very special guest, AJ Burton, Boston Celtics camp director, who's going to join us on the show. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. And he's got a passion for the game. And what a great experience that he's about to share with you. Let's get to the show. Before we get into our interview, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. They also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles. With one of the largest selections of trucks in the state, they are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin, our truck country, stop in and see them today. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, they will get you right. When I lived in Ohio, I still went all the way up to Standish because I knew they were going to take care of me when it came to getting a new vehicle. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. Welcome back. We're excited to welcome Coach Burton, Boston Celtics Camp Director, Maine um, Red Claws, I believe camp director uh, he's, he's gonna you know share a bunch of great details of what it was like uh working for the, the celtics organization so coach first off how are you doing and secondly um fill us in on man just uh what, what's it like working for one of the best franchises in the world uh, I'm doing, I'm doing good. Uh, we, we touched upon this earlier. Uh, I did, you know, camps for two consecutive weeks back to back here in Portland. Um, and you know, you talked about, you went nine weeks, I'm thinking I went two weeks and I, I felt like my whole body was fried. <laughs> um, so for you to put in nine weeks, that is super impressive. Um, but you know, it was just, I, I'll kind of give you the story of how this all came about. You know, it was, I was back home in May I get a phone call from um, my boss, Matt Richards. And he's like, Hey, he's like, I know you're home. Sorry to bother you. But he's like, Hey, something just came up. He's like, do you have a couple minutes? I was like, yep. What's going on? He's like, well, I was just got off the phone with the Celtics um, and they want to restart doing their camps again this summer. Cause they didn't do any last year because of COVID. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, they asked me to be the camp director. And I said I couldn't because I'm just coming back from vacation. It makes no sense for me to take two more weeks off. Like he's like, I just can't afford it. He's like, but as soon as I said no, before I even finished my sentence, I said, I recommended you. I said, hire AJ. He's built for this. He's made for this. Like he's prepared for this. It's a can't miss hire. And he's like, just to let you know, he's like, I've already given him your number. You're going to get a phone call from him very soon. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. All right. So basically got the phone with him. And then within two, three minutes, I get a phone call from Joe Amersino, um, who is the general manager of the camps for the Boston Celtics. Um, the fun fact about him, um, he is the last remaining member that's still alive from Red Auerbach staff. And it was like, when he started talking, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get to know this guy really well. Like I'm going to enjoy it. And we touched upon what camps were like, 
kind of gave me a little bit of info, but he just said, Hey, we were told that you would be the guy that's the perfect hire for this. Would you be interested? And like, without a heartbeat, I said, yes. I mean, it's the Boston Celtics. I mean, I was, I nervous, absolutely leading into it, but I mean, we'll touch more upon it, but it was such an incredible experience from just that phone first phone call with Joe Amersino leading up to camp itself and it wrapping up. Um, again, it's something that I'm just so blessed to have the opportunity for, and I'm just looking forward to doing more of these camps uh, in the following summers out here. That's amazing. You got to work with somebody who was on the staff for Red Auerbach. I mean, that's history. I mean, one, with when it comes to running NBA camps, there's only 30 organizations in the world. So, so the fact that you're one of 30 is pretty amazing. And then, okay, one of those 30 is the Celtics. And that's the one that you're given that responsibility uh, to direct camps for is really, really amazing. So um, you, you mentioned, I mean, he, he was kind of interviewing slash hiring you. Um, you're leading other coaches, all these players. What was the biggest takeaway uh, from working with the Celtics organization this summer? You know, it's it, it reflecting back to the NBA things or 30 teams like it really didn't hit me until we had our first like actual like zoom meeting um, in the middle of the summer. That's when I get really, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm working for the Boston Celtics organization right now. I'm like, I, I'm a small kid from the thumb. Like, nope, nobody's supposed to be like doing this. Like I'm it's you and I'm, it's you and John horse. Now you're in I'm John horse category. And I literally thought NBA of the champion. I'm like, you know, there's John horse and Milwaukee bucks who just came off that championship as a GM. And like, I'm thinking, wow, small title kid, anything's possible. And now here I am, like, I'm now with the Boston Celtics. It's just like, it's a very surreal feeling. But the biggest takeaway, um, the connection and just them embracing you and making you a part of the organization. I am like a very small fraction to their entire organization, but they made it feel like I was a part of the whole success that they have in this organization. So I think that was the one thing that really stood out to me. Um, in the meeting, we had the owner of the Celtics, um, I cannot pronounce his name to save my life. So I won't, I won't try to butcher his name, but he spoke with us um, and just kind of shared some tidbits there. And he just really reiterated, he's like, look, he's like, you might not think you're a part of this, but in the longstanding term, you are from me all the way down to you guys, even the people below you, the interns were all a part of this organization to make, make it successful. So if we win, you win as well. And then we also had one of the assistant coaches on Jayler and Nega talk with us too. And, you know, he preached um, some things to us and big takeaways I had, you know, he emphasized a lot with us was extra patience, um, you know, teach these kids life lessons during camp. And then he really talked about, you know, the importance of communication. And it's not the communication of like you and me having conversations, um, just like, hey, how you doing? How's the day going? This is, he was talking about the importance of communication in basketball like teach the kids how to communicate because he thinks that's one big lacking thing that's taking place right now in all these youth camps all across the country. Um, he has kids, his own sons right now going to camps. And that was a big takeaway he has seen so far. Just everything's great, but it's just, we really need to teach these kids how to communicate in basketball terms. No, I love that. And, and which gets into my next question of some of the age groups that you were working on. Um, especially when I was doing camps this summer, that was one thing that, and, and, and he, he probably feels the same thing, you know, 
he obviously knows more terminology. He's probably forgotten more terminology than, than we'll ever know, than I'll ever know. Um, but we take for granted that other people know basketball communication, right? The terminology that we use. And there were a couple of camps that I remember running this summer. I was like, wait, th these kids haven't been exposed to enough basketball yet. They don't know what the block is. They don't know what the, the lane line is, right? They don't know where the wing is. When I say elbow, they're looking at their body. Right. They're not looking at spots on spots on the court. Um, that's that's so, so vital. And you're, you're setting those kids up for success as they start to get coached and, and, and level up because their older coaches are going to expect them to learn it. But they have to learn it from somebody. They can learn it from you. Um, so talk a little bit about the age levels that you worked with and then go through some of the things that you did emphasize with those kids. So um, we had like a little. Um, just with COVID still um, in the midst of everything, we were with nine to 14 year old kids. So we limited our camps right now um, just because they're not eligible to get the vaccine. So we were allotted um, anywhere between 60 to 65 campers per two sessions. Um, and in both weeks, we had 62 the first week and then 64 the second week. Um, again, all comprised of nine to 14 year olds, um, boys and girls. So of like the 125 plus campers, probably about 20 of them we had as females uh, at the camp and the rest were uh, all young men. Um, but I would say though, between the two weeks, the first week we had more of an older presence. We had more 12 to 14 year olds, um, smaller group in the younger division, but then it was a flip-flop in the second week. Um, so it was kind of an adjustment period that we had to make, but the biggest thing is, and I shared this with the staff that I was able to hire and bring in, you know, we emphasize, having like a theme of the day with the kids. Um, and like, obviously we're gonna teach them all basketball stuff, but we had a theme each day. So like the first day on Mondays, you know, I talked with the kids, I'm like, you're making a first impression on somebody today, whether it's another camper, whether it's a coach, a coach to a camper, coach, coach, everybody in this gym right now is making a first impression. I'm like, how do you want that first impression to be? The other thing we also emphasized to them too was just, you know, hey, and I learned this from my college coach um, and the coach prior to him, uh, Garth Pleasant, Clint Pleasant, working their camps, is I always preach to the kids, hey, you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. All right. When a coach talks, you're supposed to listen twice as more as you are to speak. So we echoed that a lot to the kids. Um, on Tuesdays, we emphasize, you know, we started really getting into games and all that because, you know, on day one of camps, it's the slowest day. It's the introduction day. You know, you're really trying to get everyone to pick up on what's going on. And then once you hit Tuesday, everything just takes off. So Tuesday, we emphasize like teaching the kids the point. Like, well, what's the point? It's something that we preach to our guys at Southern Maine Community College. But what the point is, is that it's, hey, I'm acknowledging you that you did something good. Even though like we can't acknowledge each other with a high five or like a little fist bump or anything like that, it's you and I still acknowledging the good that just happened, you know? When we were getting our five and five games, I said, we want to see the biggest like points. Like that's the thing we're looking for. And a lot of the kids picked up on it real quick. You know, and again, kid would make a great pass to someone, he would score, they would point at each other and hustle back on defense. Like those kind of things right there um, that we saw was pretty exciting to see. Then we really touched upon, you know, having a short memory in the game of basketball, you know, having the ability to control the controllables. And then the last thing we emphasize on Thursday, um, we talked about, embracing a role and understanding that hey whatever your role is now that can change year in year out and the example i use with them is the nba draft took place while we were at camp 
um, and Scotty Barnes, who was the fourth pick. I, he wasn't a Celtic. And I said to the guys and the kids, I'm like, look, I know he's not a Celtic, but I need you guys to hear his story. And I said to the kids, I'm like, Scotty Barnes is the fourth pick in the NBA draft. I said, what can Scotty Barnes not do? Kid raised hand. He can't shoot. I'm like, exactly. But he's still the fourth pick. I'm like, why was he though? So then we really started getting out of the kids. I'm like, he does all these other intangibles that he brings to the floor that makes him unique and stands out. And I said, the last thing, guys, that stood out to him that you guys probably don't realize this, Jay Billis touched upon it when he got drafted. He's a great locker room guy. I said, he's a guy that no matter what, good day, bad day, in between, you could just tell by his body language, he's always in a great spirit, always in a great mood. It's infectious to be around. So we emphasize that to the kids too. And then obviously with the basketball stuff, you know, we, we tell them, you know, floor spacing, you know, how to run off ball screen work, you know, set up ball screen action, um, talk about defensive alignment. It's just like those things as like quick little tidbits. Um, but again, we really emphasize those like life lessons in the game of basketball with them. Um, and I hope that's the one thing those kids took away most was picking up on those things each day and utilizing them to their advantage when they're playing with their middle school teams, elementary teams, and then leading up into our high school teams too. That's really great stuff. I mean, it was a four-day camp talking about making a first impression, right? You only get one chance to make a first impression. Uh, the finger point, which I remember you always talking about that in some of our previous conversations that we've had with your college guys, emphasizing that. So that's awesome that you, you took that down to those kids. Um, when we acknowledge other people, they're more likely to continue that that action, whatever that is. So that's great. Um, Short-term memory, controlling the controllables, that's amazing. I think that with um, this highlight reel uh, society that we live in and, and people see what other people are doing so well so easily. It's important for us to emphasize with today's youth and to everyone to have that short-term memory. We're all going to make mistakes, right? Um, you know, let it be let it be a lesson, right? And so when you make a mistake and it's a failure, well, it's only there if it stays there, right? But we can turn that into a lesson and embracing your role, being a locker room guy, um, I absolutely, absolutely love it. That's great stuff. Was there anything that surprised you with the kids that you worked with? Like, were they, um, I mean, you worked with 125. I mean, you worked with a large amount of kids this summer. Is there anything that you're like, oh, I thought they might be a little more skilled in a certain area, or they really surprised me with how good they were uh, in a certain area or, you know, anything go go off. So I, I was talking with a couple of like the staff members that worked both weeks with me. And, you know, we were kind of at the end of the week two, we were kind of like, you know, what was the difference between these two camps? We felt like the first week's camp had a more talent, more skill, like better base there than week two. But the second week though, there were kids that had talent and skill, but the overall number wasn't matched up to the first week. But the biggest difference between week two to week one was we felt like their attention to detail um, was so much more on point than week one. Um, so again, they balanced each other out very well, but from an overall perspective, I gotta be honest, the biggest takeaway I had is I started off each week on Monday and I asked the kid, after we introduced everybody, I asked the kids, I'm like, raise your hand. If this is the first basketball camp you've been to since COVID, I think I could count on both hands, how many kids that did not put their hand up. So 95% of our camp were kids that were doing their first camp since COVID took place. 
But the biggest thing that surprised me the most coach was how like just bought in they were. Um, so what I mean by that is like how they wanted to be there. You know, they paid attention, follow details. Greatest thing I saw in both weeks, they asked questions. Like when we did station work and I had the coaches kind of run their stations and just seeing the amount of kids that would raise their hand or before something started, they would ask the coach like, Hey, do you mean this on a two ball dribble, like two ball dribbles, like three times, then go like, just seeing those kind of things, like had me really like had my juice going. So I'm like, all right, these kids really want to be here, had great energy. The sportsmanship was outstanding. And then most importantly, like these kids had fun and it made the weeks go by so much quick, uh, quicker. And I'm sure you can relate to that too. When the kids are having fun and they're doing all those things I mentioned, it just leads up to a very successful um, two weeks of camp that we had. So that was probably the biggest surprise I saw. Um, was just the overall just engagement from the kids. I agree hundred percent with all the kids that I worked with. I mean, it seemed like, you know, 99% of those kids were just fired up to be there, you know, going through this past year and a half. And I didn't ask that question to those kids, but I, I would say for the majority of those kids, like this was also their first basketball camp for many of them. And they're fired up. The coaches we worked with were amazing. They were awesome. They were so excited to have a summer where they're back in the gym, you know, bringing me in, they got their kids in there. The kids were excited to be, be in their summer basketball. Um, it was, it was just a, it was just a ton of fun. Um, and then one thing that I found myself continuing to emphasize was, um, when we were doing cert, a lot of drills that were a lot of game read, you know, randomized. It's not set up right away. Decision-making. Um, we had a high amount of kids that were hesitating before they would make a decision, whether it was pass, drive, shoot. And this could be because of the past year and a half, like kids just haven't played as much basketball as they normally would. And so all of these game-like uh, movements, game-like actions just seemed a step slower this summer then I remember them being when I was traveling running camps in 2019 and 2018 and 2017 and 2016, 15, 14, 13, all the, all the, all those previous years was things were just sticking a little bit. And so that was one thing that I was always emphasized was make your decision quick, you know, and if, if it's a mistake, that's going to set you up to make a better decision the next time. But when you hesitate, especially offensively, all we're doing is letting the defense load up and now everything just got a whole lot harder. Did you, did you see anything like that? Uh, from time to time, I did. Um, and it was more like with the younger kids, like I, the coaches that were, you know, kind of running that area with that age group. I kind of just said to them like, hey, when you make teaching moments, like address all the kids so they can see it. But like with the older kids, um, we did a much better job of like really breaking things down to them. Because a lot of these kids are getting into either seventh, eighth grade, um, we had a couple that were going to go be freshmen in high school. So like we were kind of pulling aside, we're like, look, this is something that you're going to see at a much quicker rate than where you are right now. So you got to have the ability to pick up on these things much quicker. And I said, you being here is going to pay off in the long run for you. Um, so I would say, yeah, it was like a mixture of that stuff, but we can relate on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And I think looking at those age range, you're working with probably a younger crowd than, than I did for the majority of majority of the summer. Um, so that might have a little bit to do with it, do with it too. You get young, you get young kids in there and they're just like, I'm just playing, like I'm just going. And then you get some of those older kids sometimes, even though they, maybe they have played a little bit more, 
they're trying to, you know, go back and say, okay, when this happened the last time, what were some of the decisions I need to make? Um, you talked a little bit about your coaching staff. So tell us a little bit about them. How do you work with your coaching staff? What are some things you're trying to emphasize with them to put them in a position to succeed? And then also, what are some things that you learned from the other coaches that you had a chance to work with this summer? Um, yeah, I, I was very fortunate just with the connections that I had, I've made out here. Um, the people I was able to hire and bring in staff wise was tremendous. Um, you know, the big thing that the Celtics, you know, emphasized to me is like, Hey, you know, you are teachers, you're a coach, but you're still a teacher. So they really wanted me to find like some high school coaches who are also teachers. Um, so I was able to find four coaches, um, that were able to do this, um, all from the local Portland area. I had one non-local, um, Portland area coach, uh, a lot of people uh, would know this name in the thumb area, but I was able to recruit my mom to come out and participate and be a coach at camp, um, which was a very cool experience for me because I emphasized to the kids all week during that second week. I'm like, this is the only time in my life I can be my mom's boss. So I'm going to just soak this in for a whole week. Um, so I had those high school coaches. Um, I was able to get some college coaches too, um, who took time out of their weeks to come down and help. I had Sam Leal who's the head coach at UMaine Farmington, a division three school, probably about 45 minutes north of Portland. He came down and helped out for a week. Um, and I had three young ladies, uh, Christina Blaze from Central Maine Community College. Um, she's an assistant coach there. And she also is the owner and operator of Maine Elite Basketball Club in Central Maine. So she works a lot of skill work and development. Um, she was great. And then the last two were, uh, SMCC's women's assistants, um, Benice Barnes and Danny Pinkham, who are both high, uh, both teachers. Uh, Benice teaches elementary, Danny teaches high school, so this was right up their alley. Um, to round out the rest of the staff, I was able to bring in some current college basketball players. Um, I brought three of my current players in, um, and I thought it was great just because it was one returner and the other two guys are incoming freshmen. So for them to kind of start building that chemistry with one another for the last two weeks was really good to see, but Ultimately, though, for me, it was just awesome because it allowed me to really start building up relationships with those incoming guys and then really just soak in this last year I got with this returner because this is his last year for us. So, again, we talk about like, you know, coach's edge of like helping kids become better players, all that stuff um, to be the best version of themselves. But most importantly, like, you know, this is to any coach out there. If you can include your current players in it on your staff, do so because it allows you that ability to start building up a relationship with that individual. You might have a great relationship with that kid or start current player, but it's just going to have a lasting, more lasting impact um, having them a part of that. And these are all three young men I can see coaching one day. So they were all great hires. So the last coaching uh, college player I took, um, you worked with this young lady for a very long time. Uh, it's Kendall Muxlow. Uh, another young lady from my hometown, I was able to bring out too. So getting it like to have her be like a division one player and just the amount of kids that went up and talked to her and asked questions, you know, about like, Hey, how did you get there? Or, you know, what's division one level like, like, Hey, you play a small mid major. What's that like versus playing a, you know, a school like Indiana or a Michigan state or a Michigan like that. So it was very cool to see the interaction with the kids and the current college players. Cause that's where a lot of the questions were asked. Um, the biggest things like I learned from my, the, the other staff members was just like, you know, Sam Leo, he's got this great, just patience to him. 
And you can just tell, like, he's a savvy vet when it comes to working camps and just seeing how the way he, his dialogue is to the campers. Like he ran a defensive station and like, I wish I could have just sat there and watched him the whole time. Just like, no matter what age group it was, the way he was able to communicate and have the patience to make sure every kid was getting it right. Um, that was one big thing I saw and I learned from him. Um, to the high school coaches, like I picked up new drills, like John Troll, who was at Bonnie Eagle, you know, he did all the footwork skill stuff. And like some of the stuff he was doing with some cones um, that I wrote down on paper that he did was just very good, like unique ways of working on footwork, not just your traditional one, two step or anything like that. It was more like basketball, like game flow related type stuff he did. Um, Christina did the same as well. Um, she did more like live ball moves, like in the ball handling scheme of things. Um, Matt Regan shared some great drills with the kids um, that involved like competition drills you could do with yourself. Instead of just doing your beat the pro, like, hey, here are some drills that we do in our program that our guys love to do that you can do by yourself in your driveway, have a mom, dad rebound for you. you could, these are things you can do by yourself or with teammates. Um, and obviously with um, the SMCC assistants, like I've been around them the whole time. Um, you know, the thing I learned from them is like, I gave them the platform. I'm like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to have you speak. I want you to kind of like, you know, put yourself out there because it's a great opportunity for you guys to kind of get your feet wet too. So seeing like their confidence and like not being like nervous. Um, that was one thing I learned from those two that, you know, again, working for the Celtics, I was very, very nervous, but like being around those two for two weeks, having them for both weeks was very good because it felt like their confidence kind of like came into me as well to where like as each day like I got more confident every single day and a lot of it comes from those two um kind of I was feeding off that with them so those are kind of the you know tidbits I learned from each coach that I had I love it having a having a strong support staff uh coaching staff is is huge now you're a college basketball coach You've just worked a camp for older elementary all the way up to younger kids going into freshmen in high school. How has this experience made you a better coach at the college level? You know, it's the, I look back at it and the, the themes we did every day with the kids, that's something that I think I need to utilize better when it comes to coaching the college level not having a theme every single day, but maybe for like, you know, the, for two to three weeks of preseason, like, hey, fellas, this is gonna be our theme for two to three weeks. And then when we get into practice officially starting, like, hey, this is our theme leading up to our first game. You know, kind of like those things there um, is probably the bit, one of the bigger takeaways I took that I would like to utilize moving forward. Um, I mean, just, I'm sure you can, reflect back on your college playing days um, or even playing for coach Gainsforth in high school, probably him having certain themes at certain parts of the season um, and really just hammering in. Like when I played for coach Pleasant at Rochester, he was always very good at this. Um, it could be just some quick little powwow sesh um, leading up to a game or, you know, he's a big Pearl Jam fan guy. We would listen to his favorite song and he would talk about like how, like, this is like, the type of theme that we need to have the whole season, you know, like the song, like alive, like that was our whole theme one season. Like that was on our warm up. It was on like practice during stretching. Like it was just the big theme. And like throughout the song, it's like a story and dialogue that he was saying that we related to that he could see. Um, so again, just like, that's probably the biggest thing I think that's going to help me is 
giving these kids more of a purpose and understanding of like, yes, we want to be successful on the court. We want to be the best team out there, but we need you guys to also walk away with, hey, what are some things that are going to have a lasting impact outside the game? I talk with Coach Pleasant all the time about the song Alive. Like he's got that itched in my memory that it's actually a song I downloaded on my phone. It's on my Apple Music. So like I hear it every so often when I have it on. Um, so that's kind of the big thing I want to use moving forward. That's going to help make me better too. I love, I love that. I, you know, breaking down a, a theme and you mentioned a key thing. And, um, you know, you mentioned Coach Gainforth, who, you know, for those listening, I had the chance to play for, in my opinion, one of the best high school coaches in the state. And AJ, I mean, with, with your family history of coaches, I mean, you, you've been blessed as well uh, to come up under some great coaches. But when I was a high school player, I still remember, and it wasn't every day, but I think as a coach, it's important to have a good pulse for the team and to know when they need to hear something or when it's time to roll and we're just starting practice. And, um, but, but I think of those practices throughout the course of the season where, you know, coach is going to come into the gym. We're all doing our little warm up. He's going to do one of two things, right? He's, he's going to yell out one of the first traditional warm up drills that we would do usually like a finishing drill, or he's going to say everybody on the baseline, which means we're going to have a seat against the, the back support and he's going to get our mind right and he might talk for five minutes he might talk for 10 minutes and I know to some coaches you might think oh you're wasting time for us we didn't do it all the time it was not a waste of time and he was he was etching in our brain for the day or for the week the things that we were going to focus on what our mindset needs to be what our vision is looking forward and then we start practice and were we five or 10 minutes into the practice already? Yeah. But that was time well spent because now as a player and as a team, we're all on the same page. All right. He's asking a few questions here and there. So there's some interaction. Now we have that vision as a, a community, as a team of where we're trying to get to um, that, that just has a ton of value. So I, I love that you, you mentioned that and you're going to do that more with your college team. I think that's going to help them immensely. And I'm sure you do some, something like that already. Um, last question. And I asked this one as a person who does camps and clinics for a living after every single one, especially as I'm driving back in the car, I'm reviewing the whole day in my head. And it's just like, it, it's like when I was a player and you're riding on the bus back from the game and you're reviewing every play and all the things that you did right, all the things that you did wrong, and you're doing that review, you're reflecting. If you could do your two weeks of camps all over again, what would you change? When I saw this question, I, like you said, I'm reflecting back. I'm thinking like, you know, at the end of each day, I was always not like second guessing, but it's like, you know, as a coach, you're always like, man, what if we, what if we did this? Or, hey, what if we maybe tinkered with that a little bit more? Um, honestly, I don't know if there's much I would change. Um, and here, here's the reason why is at the end of every day. Um, and I really, let me backtrack a bit further. When I had my staff meetings on both the first days, I said to the coaches, I'm like, look, I hired you guys for a reason. The biggest thing I want out of you guys is we want these kids to go home every single day and wanting to come back the next day. Like can't wait for camp the next day. 
So like when those kids would go home, I kind of sit there and be like, oh, did, did, how'd it go today? I'm wondering how, what their thoughts are, this, this and that. But it would be like the next days when the parents would drop their kids off or they would come pick them up. And like, that's the time where I get to interact with them a little bit and talk with them. And just hearing some of the parents talk with me about, hey, crews like love camp, would talk about it nonstop. Or it'd be like, I, I had a parent come up to me on Friday morning, drops her kid off. She's like, Dominic was so upset. And I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, what happened? Like, was it something that we did? Did we not do something? Did he not like win something? And we didn't like, you know, bring him aside and talk to him, give him a little pep talk to bring his spirits back up. And she's like, no, this is like, he's just sad that it's the last day today. That's when I knew I'm like, okay, that's, I knew we we're doing this the right way. Um, so yeah, to answer that question, I don't know if there's much I would change really. Um, now that I've gotten my feet wet um, and know kind of like what the Celtics are expecting of each week um, when the camp's moving forward every summer now, like I kind of know what I can do. And I know there's some things I can change around to keep the kids more active instead of having them sitting around during some discussions. Um, but me personally though, like not to the camp thing, but like if I could have changed one thing, uh, you might get a little kick out of this. We had a special guest speaker, Leon Poe from the 2008 championship team come. And I got to chit chat with them for a little bit, but I wish I would have been able to ask them more like in-depth questions, just one-on-one, -on -one. just kind of like, Hey, I know you are not a coach, but like, what's your advice to, you know, a guy like me right now, um, who's like, you know, still young in this profession. Like, what would your advice be to like an individual like me? Just kind of hear what he'd have to say. Um, outside of that, yeah, there's nothing else I really would change. Uh, it sounds like, you know, you did the, the best thing you said was the kid's sad because this is the last day of camp. I mean, that's, that's, that's the light bulb of you guys have had a good week because, you know, what I found is if, if one person's saying something, there's at least five or 10 that are feeling the same way. You just didn't have that communication or they were, somebody was too shy to share. Um, but, and it's the same thing with questions, which is why it's so important for us to have our kids, um, ask questions, be able to answer questions and take time for that. It's because if one kid has a question, there's a good chance another five or 10 kids in that camp have the exact same question. They just were uh, a little too shy to, to share it. And um, now this was just coach. I can't thank you enough for, for being on here. Um, you know, you shared some, some great things and um, you know, I just want to give you the chance to, to finish it out. If there's anything else that, that you want to share. Um, this has been really beneficial, I think, for anybody who's one wants to learn a little bit more of what's it like to work for, you know, a Boston Celtics camp. Um, and then two, a lot of high school coaches just got done this summer finishing some of their youth basketball camps. So this might give them some ideas of some things that they can try to emphasize. I love the theme of the day. That's, that's awesome. But um, I know you have at least one more thing to, to share. I'm going to let you finish out the podcast. Yeah. Um, well, really there's two things. The first one would be is um, forgot to mention at the beginning to you is I have, um, they gave me kind of an outline of like the week of camp, like the other former camp directors have put this stuff together and have given it to other camp directors all throughout new England that are running the Celtics camps. Um, that is something if coaches are interested in maybe taking a peek at, or just maybe seeing like, Hey, is there stuff from there that maybe we can throw into our camps moving forward? Um, I'm more than willing to share that with you guys. Um, the last thing I want to share is, and it's something that I shared at the end of each day with camp is, you know, I would say to the kids is, Hey, you know, somebody 
took their time to pay for you to come to camp. I said, I know you didn't pay to come to camp. Either mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandparent, um, whoever it is that sent you to camp. I said, you need to show appreciation to them. I said, if it's mom and dad, you go home. You always say to them, thank you for allowing me to come to camp. Is there something I can do for you guys in appreciation? And I asked the kids every morning too, the next day, like, all right, who did something for the person that sent them to camp? And like, I just kept preaching that. And then on the last day, I said, look, you guys, I had you guys do that every single day. That's something you guys should do for the rest of your life in appreciation to the people that love you, that are, you know, your parents, grandparents, whoever it is. I'm like, you got to show appreciation. I said, that's one thing that I want you to take away from. Whatever it is that you learned at camp, if you forgot how to do proper ball handling, shooting, defensive rotation, that stuff, that's fine. That's okay. But the biggest thing I want you to learn and take away from is showing appreciation to the people that love and care for you, that you show appreciation back to them. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. We're going to finish it. Finish it right there. I love it. Acknowledging other people um, is huge. I, I mean, to piggyback on that, that's something that we probably emphasized more than we had in previous camps this summer as well was we had the kids acknowledge each other throughout the course of the day. What's something that somebody else did well, whether it was a drill or just communication, encouragement, we spent more time doing that. And, um, you, you said it much more eloquently than, than I could. So, um, coach, thanks for being on the coach's edge podcast again. Um, AJ Burton, Boston Celtics camp director, associate head coach, Southern Maine community college. Um, and for sure send that, um, camp outline out to me and I will, I'll take a look at it, but I'll send it out to all of our coaches edge members. And then if you're listening and you're like, Hey, I would like to see what a Boston Celtics basketball camp looks like, reach out, contact at currentbasketball.com at coaches edge one on Twitter and uh, coach AJ, myself, we will get a hold of you and share that information to you are always trying to help out uh, a fellow coach who's excited to get better and uh, share our passion for the game with, with other people. So thank you for listening. And as always get after today. Thank you for listening to the coach's edge podcast. We certainly appreciate it here at the coach's edge. If you could do us one favor, if you found this episode beneficial, you want to leave a positive rating and review that will go a really long way as we continue to uh, spread the word about our podcast, be able to bring on more guests. We have some awesome guests lined up for you this fall heading into basketball season that we're really, really excited about. Um, Greg Mitchell, Hope College men's basketball coach is going to come on very soon. He's going to talk shooting. He's going to talk about what it's like being a division three basketball coach and much more. We have just have a ton of great guests and coaches lined up and we want people to hear it. So if you could share this episode out with somebody else who you think may enjoy it, uh, again, a positive rating review goes a really long way. Thanks again and get after today.